Welcome to Smart Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Smart Cleaning School podcast, helping visionaries make the impact that they were meant to make. This is episode 250. I don't share episodes much, but this is a big one. It's one quarter of the way to 1,000 episodes. That is like crazy. So episode 250, and since we're keeping count, this episode is called He Built You a Clock. I have to come right out into the open and make a confession. I have been chronically late my whole life. I overslept and missed the school bus in middle school and high school at least 20 times. I was late to my SAT exam. My friend had to come in to my bedroom, wake me up and say, Ken, we're going to get to work test because we're going together. Thanks, Fred. I was late to many of my college classes. I was late to my job at GE and it got worse the longer I was there. I have been late to cleaning appointments and estimates. I have been late to just about every Sunday for church. Why am I always late? It's my mom's fault. (laughs) You didn't see that one coming from the podcast host, right? Me blaming someone else, not taking ownership when that's one of my core values, ownership. Yeah, I totally threw that one under the rug and threw my mom under the bus on that one. But let me explain and you, you be the judge. All the admissions of lateness so far on this podcast were the ones in my control. But let's turn back the clock to elementary school. I missed the bus several times in elementary school because my mom couldn't get out of the house in time as she had to drive me. Not only did I miss the bus, but my mom would follow the bus to the next stop to put me on the bus. That was humiliating to have 15 plus gawking kids ages 7 to 11 waving their hands, laughing, bouncing around the back windows, pointing at me, and my mom completely oblivious, just driving right behind the bus, not like three car lengths back, right behind it. I mean, if someone opened the back door of the bus and fell out, they would have landed on our hood. That's a bad thought. I was just trying to explain how close my mom was to the bus. I was late to kindergarten, and this was double lateness. My mom dropped me off at my Aunt Donna's apartment on her way to work. Aunt Donna was supposed to take me to school an hour later because my mom's work was a lot earlier, and so she was trying to work it out. I appreciate that, Mom. However, Aunt Donna liked to sleep, and I got to watch a lot of Sesame Street in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood that year. I was educated quite well in the kindergarten. Thank you, PBS. That's when I knew I'd be really late, though, to kindergarten, as it was only a half day, right? If I was watching Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers, I knew I'd be super late, But then there's the days that I got to watch The Prices Right also while Aunt Donna slept. Those were the days that we'd pull into school and my friends were being dismissed to go back home. I have no idea how I passed kindergarten. I was late to every Thanksgiving, Christmas, and other family get-together with my mom's side. 
we would typically show up two to three hours late. It got to the point that my grandfather, my mom's side, would tell his daughter, my mom, that the gathering was two hours earlier to get her there on time. He affectionately called this Lynn time, my mom's first name. We'd still be an hour late. I was early once. The story is told that my mom gave birth to me in the hallway while my dad was getting his hospital gown on. As you can see, I have a long and rich track record of being late. I adopted this from my mom. I was joking that it was my mom's fault, but at this point in my life, I could have taken full responsibility and made the decision to be on time. There's no fault of my mom's at all. It's all me. The truth does bear out, though. Being on time has not been a priority to me. My wife, however, is the complete opposite. She does not like being late one iota. And my history frustrates her, especially with church and family events. That all changed, though, on November the 22nd, 2020. My other grandfather, Dad's dad, Ken Carfagno Sr., passed away. He was my pop-up. I've told this story many times on this podcast, and honestly, it's helped me tremendously with the grieving process. For the remainder of this podcast, my goal is to speak to the chronically late and see if I can't wake you up. My pop-up built me a clock when I was born. It faithfully ticked and chimed by the hour. For all the years of my childhood, I got to wind it on the weekends. Oh, it's awesome clock. My clock. I used to ask him about the clock, and he would tell me, Kenny, I built that clock when you were born. It's yours. But you don't get it until I croak. This was a running joke. But everyone in the family knew that the gorgeous grandfather clock was little Kenny's. That's me as a kid. I always thought it was amazing that my grandfather built me a grandfather clock. My pop-up croaked as he would say, on November 22nd, 2020. I brought my clock home in February, just months after he passed, and set it up in our dining room. Looking at my clock in my house was depressing. I would think, it's not supposed to be here. He's supposed to have it still. He's not supposed to be gone so soon. Somewhere along the grieving process, I prayed for help in dreams God answered. I won't share the full dream, but I can tell you it was so real that I can still see and feel it. I got to see my pop-up in his 50s and full of life, and he died at 84, so that's like 35 years turning the clock back in my dream. That was so cool. Here I was in my modern-day 40s, and he was like in his 50s, maybe his 60s. That was so cool to see him full of life, and he had his energy, his hair wasn't as silver, it was the way I remembered him as a kid. I got to hug him and kiss him multiple times in the dream. It felt as real as the actual hugs and kisses I had with him alive. As I think back to those memories now, the one from the dream feels just like the ones I actually did. That was, that was so powerful about that dream. And then the last part of the dream was fascinating. I was in the car with my dad who was dropping me off at a train station. We arrived at 8 a.m. and we were supposed to meet Nana and Pop-Pop. Before I set off, I asked my dad, Do you think they'll be here? He replied, They'll be here. Pop is never late. 
being on time is important to him. Now, this is in my dream, remind you. This is not something my dad actually said. This is in a dream. Sure enough, in this dream, Nana and Papa, they were right there at 8 o'clock on the dot. I ran to them, hugged them, and as I hugged Nana and Papa, I woke from the dream. I had prayed for an experience in my dream with my Papa to help me in my grieving. God gave me what I asked for and something else. He convicted me about being on time. I awoke feeling guilty about how late I have been in my life. How could I not notice that my papa, the man that taught me how to be a man, valued punctuality? How could I miss that? I was so ingrained in being late from being around it with my mom that I missed it. I shared this dream with my wife and my friend Billy for clarity and prayer. Billy's response was profound. Ken, he built you a clock. Of course being on time was important to him, and the clock is a symbol of that trait he held. I started seeing clocks everywhere, hearing chimes, and in some connection to looking at old pictures or recorded voicemails. The message was being received loud and clear. I need to make a change. I need to become a person of punctuality to honor my pop-up's legacy and please my wife as well. One of the days after the dream, I looked up the term grandfather clock and I was astonished. There was a song written in 1876 by Henry Clay Work called My Grandfather's Clock. Standing timepieces were nicknamed grandfather clocks from this point forward. So I want you to check out the first verse and chorus of this song. My grandfather's clock was too large for the shelf, so it stood 90 years on the floor. It was taller by half than the old man himself, though it weighed not a penny weight more. It was bought on the morn of the day that he was born, and was always his treasure and pride. But it stopped short never to go again when the old man died. Ninety years without slumbering, his life seconds numbering, it stopped short never to go again when the old man died. This grandson admired his grandfather and his grandfather's clock. If you follow the other verses, the clock was reliable, yet it slowed down and sped up at key points in the old man's life. It started ticking when his grandfather was born and stopped ticking forever after 90 years when his grandfather died. I connected so much with this song, the dream, everything. I emerged from this stronger and desiring to be better in this area in my life. I realized for the first time that it's selfish to be late. It shows that you don't value others' time. Being late looks bad on your personal and professional image. Being late makes you do things faster and often increases frustration and tempers. Being late causes accidents and unfortunately fatalities. In my case, being late tells my pop-up's legacy that I dishonor him. I didn't want to be late anymore. What about you? Are you chronically late? You can still change. It's not too late. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Have an incredible day. Thank you for listening to Smart Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.